You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn? Mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome. You know, this week it's another slightly different episode because we're responding to a listener who's asked us for advice or tools to help her and her organization navigate a big change project. You know, and specifically, it's an enterprise software system. And yeah, you can sort of imagine just how many sort of behavior changes would be required. Yeah, totally. It's a pretty common scenario, isn't it? It is a pretty common scenario. Absolutely. And, you know, change is almost constant nowadays, isn't it? Whether yeah. it's a system upgrade or a reorg or a completely new way of doing things or yeah. a new business model. Absolutely. And change is quite hard, in yes. fact. Because our brains are really wired to dislike and feel discomfort at the prospect of changing the familiar. So when you're trying to get hundreds or even thousands of people to make a change, it's no wonder many change projects fail to deliver all the benefits that they're supposed to. Yeah. And um, you keep hearing sort of all kinds of sort of stats and everything, but there's no doubt a lot of them disappoint. And it's because people uh, don't like change, really, is when it comes down That's to it. That's right. Organizations <laughs> are full of humans. Yes. So before we kind of really begin to unpeel, you know, what are some key success factors to make change go well? We thought it might be helpful first to ask ourselves, well, what's the difference and what do we mean when we say change? Because another word that's really common out there these days is transformation. And they do sometimes get used interchangeably, but they are actually different. You know, transformation is typically when organizations who've been perhaps going really well, have something big happen, like a new competitor enters that's going to wipe their market share, or there's a radically different and alternative product now available, or a major regulatory change comes in that massively affects the business. So they almost have to reinvent themselves. And that's a classic thing for transformation. It's usually more radical absolutely, and in response to external factors. Change, on the other hand, is, as you've said already, it's kind of a constant. It's about constantly improving and upgrading aspects of what an organization does. It isn't necessarily radically changing what the organization is selling at the end of the day. And so, you know, a listener whose organization is changing enterprise software is a classic example of it's a big uncomfortable change if you're one of the people who are going to have to stop using whatever it is you have been using and change your processes and now use this new software 
in, in different ways. Exactly. So today we're going to look at why change is hard. We'll focus on a few key success factors on how to make change more successful, including having a special guest who's a change expert on the show. Then we'll finish up touching on how you can help yourself as an individual adapt to and even welcome change. Yeah, that would be very good. Certainly would. And so as we flagged earlier, our brains are wired to resist change or at least to resist the pain of change. Hmm. Yes, indeed, it actually is quite painful to change, literally painful. Really, the way the brain works is that we tend to respond more strongly to threats than we do to things that might reward us. Yeah. And that is because, well, the theory goes that we've actually got five times more negative neurons than positive neurons, ones that look for positive emotions. And that's really to keep us safe, you know, in the past. The other thing in change that's really important in our brains is that people are actually motivated by the fear of loss not the fear of gain. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to those sort of biases, they talk about loss aversion being really strong. That's right. And so, you know, when you want people to change, you've actually got to get them to be motivated to change. So so instead of being, you know, fearful of the loss. So that's a big job that you have to do. You know, that makes sense. I just want to ask you, though, you know, you talk about it's literally painful. I mean, I can remember squirming and feeling really uncomfortable, but what do you really mean by pain in that sense? Well, it actually lights up the same parts of the brain that pain, like if you're feeling real pain does. Right. And often it's social. It's social pain. It's sort of like if you feel like you are being, I don't know, made redundant, for example, you know, or being pushed out of a system. Or even or, fearful of that happening. Or even fearful of that happening. That actually lights up certain parts of your brains that are the same areas of your brain that are related to pain. So I guess it sort of, it could manifest as feeling insecure, really stressed about the scenario that's unfolding. Yeah. You wouldn't consciously sort of say, ow, my arm hurts. No, you wouldn't, but you'd have emotional pain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. That's helpful. It is really uncomfortable. And I guess that's why it's so important for leaders to have a strong and compelling case for why the change is important because we as individuals want to resist it. I know personally that if I'm asked to change how I do something, you kind of have to like really use all that precious brain energy to be very conscious and try something new. It's like when you learn to drive for the first time, you know, it's a real effort to kind of concentrate on all the different tasks. And for me, if I'm being asked to do that, it feels like one of those tasks that you want to keep putting off and you want to go get up constantly and go and check what's in the fridge because (laughs) anything, doing anything other than this new way of doing that thing, it's got to be better. Yeah, no, I totally know that feeling. (laughs) I totally know that feeling. It's actually because it's not habitual, you know, so it it literally does take a lot more energy. Yeah. And therefore something new does actually feel uncomfortable. I liken it to brushing my teeth with my opposite hand. Right. You know, it's really uncomfortable. I'm not actually very good at it as well, which also puts me off. And also it can be a bit scary because we're not sure if we or the organization can actually do it in this new way successfully. Absolutely. It can also involve us no longer doing something that we liked doing or being involved with. There's that social pain. And it can also make us feel threatened or even slighted personally. 
Because actually change does often come with things that should threaten us. Yeah, or that certainly or can don't play us. out in a way that you were thinking for your next career step or something like that. And you know, you might have to change roles or departments or or worse sometimes. Yeah, That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, I mean of course change generally at an organizational level isn't personal. Absolutely. But, but we don't feel that. That's exactly it. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I think one final reason why change is hard is that it's complex. If you take our listener who's got the enterprise sort of software system being introduced, you know, that's going to impact almost every area of the organization. And by definition, that's complex. You know, so there's no doubt that successful change needs to be led from the top and then planned and communicated very well. And we'll we'll go into that in more detail soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think the reason that we're talking about why change is hard is because I think as anybody who's leading people, you need to have empathy mm. for others. That's really important to actually put yourself into other people's shoes and understand how they might be feeling about this change. And so we are going to now talk through a few things that we think might help in order for you to really implement a successful change. The first thing, right at the outset of a change program or when you're starting a specific change project, is that the executive team needs to state the case for change. Yeah. Now, you said that. You know, it's really about the why. Why are we doing this? And what specifically are the organization's goals? And they need to be framed in a what's in it for me sort of positive and upbeat about the change and the benefits and preferably really link it to the organization's purpose as well. Yeah, nice. So, for example, if this new software that's coming in is going to make a big difference to how you can serve customers and the purpose of the organization is around the customer – then everybody can actually really connect with that. So that's important. That's so important to kind of set the scene and to kick off uh, change. I think when you start to think about implementing the project to introduce this change, it's so key to really stop and think about the detail and do planning properly, not rush into doing something straight off the bat. Just as you said, we've got to think about the humans involved. You have to plan and think about the detail. And these systemic changes often can play out in ways that you may not have anticipated if you just start. Whereas if you do some really good project planning and talk to people in all different areas of the organization, that's key. The other thing, you know, that is such a key principle for any successful change project is to communicate regularly and via different communications channels because, you know, some employees may be absolutely glued to their emails. Others might be on Slack more. Others may really respond, um, you know, if they're frontline on the, on the factory floor or something, may respond much better to face-to-face. And being mindful of that and being mindful of who sort of passes on what messages is really key. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and most organizations will have a change project team or at least a person that is a project manager or a change manager that is responsible for driving the change program. Yeah. And really important is that they have time to plan and consult with all the relevant teams in the organization so that they can really listen and be consultative. 
not try to steamroller things through because, you know, ultimately they are supporting this change. Mm. They're not the only one that's going to be driving this because if they are, they're going to fail. Yeah. To be honest. And nor are they doing the actual change, right? That's <laughs> right. That's right. So making sure that that person recognizes the different perspectives and can build that into the plan. The other thing is finding change champions within different areas of the organization who are going to be invaluable to help support the change and getting them on board first and foremost and, you know, really helping them communicate with other people. Yes. Yeah, that's right. They know their area of work so much better and can be much more influential. Totally. And finally, the last point sort of in implementing the change project is around the planning process, you know, and how that actually needs to get quite granular in terms of what it means for an individual on a day-to-day basis so that people can be trained and that they can build new skills in order for them to really be successful in this change. Yeah, that's so critical, isn't it? Certainly is. You know, I think now is the right time to bring in a friend and someone we know who's a bit of a change guru. She lives and breathes helping organizations change every day. And her name is Carol Ashford. And Carol's had years of experience creating successful change. And not only that, she has a master's of change and other change qualifications to boot. She sure does. Should we bring her in? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Carol, thanks so much for joining us on Don't Stop Us Now. We're really very grateful to have you here. No, thank you. It's um, very exciting. Happy to talk to you. Excellent. All right. Well, you know, we're talking about what really makes successful change. Mm. And you've got lots of experience in this sector. So we just thought we might just pick your brain and ask you, what do you think is the secret sauce, if there is one, for a successful change program? Look, I think there's a lot of elements that you need to address. There's no one silver bullet. And whether that be having a structured methodology and framework to follow to drive consistency, you know, having the kind of culture that wants to promote adaptability and change, having clear data that helps us understand the business's capacity for change, you know, scheduling, et cetera. But for me, one of the key differentiators that I found is the entire business knowing how to play their part you know everyone has a role in change you know often it's especially for change practitioners because they have a title of being a change manager the finger kind of points to them oh it's all about that person they're the person that has to drive successful change and they are just one of a number of different roles that are essential so for me you know making sure that people understand their role and what it is and have the capability to practice on that role so I'm happy to talk about some of those roles if you like yeah well why not So I think, you know, in a snapshot across the business, you know, it would start with the executives, those sponsors that are really driving the change. They're the ones that strategically set the direction. You know, they understand the imperative. So they have such a key role in verbalising that, you know, promoting it, communicating the why 
why the change is needed and and rallying the support you know at their level to make sure that other executives are on board and support that particular change as well you know i mentioned about change managers you know and project managers invariably because it takes extra effort to plan an initiative typically those roles by default you know get created and that's where you end up with this kind of project team and what we're trying to do here is separate you know not get into this seminars where it's a project team and the rest of the business don't know what they're doing so when you look at the project team you know they're they're focused on the output and maybe a change practitioner is is really looking at driving outcomes from what's being delivered so helping the business take up what's new you know helping right. the business be ready able and willing to do it but really then it's about the business following through on that and being on board and that's where you're looking at frontline managers or change champions really being able to reinforce change you know and then being prepared for that and then of course there's the individuals that are the targets of change you know have they got the resilience and adaptability and the ability to manage themselves, you know, through tricky times, change is hard, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, you know, there's everyone, you know, say playing their part will drive that a, a higher increase of success. I really like, Carol, how you talked about, you know, avoiding the them and us, the, the, it's, it's all down to the project team and the project team and the top team have to really get that understanding landed that this is about all of us doing our bit. Exactly. Otherwise, you, you know, what I see a lot is this drive to the end, right? We've got a date that we've got to deliver this change by whatever that change might be, you know, whether it's systems or products or uh, structures, you know, and then it's a case of, phew, we've got to the end, okay, off we go, and we'll lob it over the fence, as it were, to the business who are a bit in shock and awe at what's just happened, Um, (laughs) then it's not followed through. And the whole reason for change is the benefits that are supposed to come with it, you know, why we did it in the first place. So unless they're prepared to to take that on and know what they need to do, then, yeah. And, you know, what have you seen is or are one or two of the most common pitfalls that can happen that can really sort of trip up a change program's sort of ability to have success? I think this inability to be really clear about what the future looks like, you know, so what's that destination that we're getting to? How will it look in the business? How What will people be talking about? How will they be operating? Being really focused on that future lens, I guess, and, um, and being able to describe that and promote it so people know what they're working towards. What we often find is that scope creep happens, you know, other things will get thrown into the journey of a change and that future view view gets quite blurred. And before you know it, people are kind of caught up in this, what are we doing? You know, where are we going? So I think being really clear on the future state and spending time up front, we're all very keen to take action and jump in and get on with it. But are we really clear? Are we all aligned on on where we're going and what that future looks like? That's just such gold from Carol, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. What's really interesting is, and she touched on it, but we should spend a little bit more time on it now too, is once you've kind of been implementing the change, you can't put all that hard work and time and effort if you don't also ensure that all the relevant systems, processes, performance KPIs and metrics, that they are all 
changed and evolved and adapted to suit and sustain this new way of working once the change is implemented. It's so important. And you also really want to recognize and reward the behaviors that you want, and they may be different now. That's super important, recognizing and and rewarding people, um, particularly to embed that change. Now, the last thing we want to touch on is how can you help yourself if your organization's involved in a change project right now and it really affects you? Yeah, like survival strategies, please. Yeah, well, you know, how can you get better at change, basically? Well, that's right, given it is such a concept. Just as Carol said, it's, it's natural to kind of not feel comfortable with change and not to sort of be jumping eagerly on the boat straight away. So I think the important thing is is to all have self-awareness and recognize that, yeah, change is something that the brain wants to resist, as you explained earlier, Claire. But then don't be on autopilot and go and check the fridge like I would when you're being asked to make the change. Be conscious about the choices you make at that point and accept that you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable and maybe a bit resistant as you try the new way of working. But the key is, I think, to have an open mind and be conscious and sort of keep using your override mechanism and not let your lizard brain run the day. And of course, some people enjoy change, don't they? Yeah, they do. I'm actually one of them. Really? Yeah, I really love change. So if someone sort of announces, oh, we're going to do a massive change to your department area and the way that you work, you know, how do you respond with that? Generally with curiosity. Right. Yeah, generally. I mean, generally I'm I'm excited. I mean, obviously it depends on if I'm feeling completely overwhelmed with everything that's going on anyway, then maybe I might, you know, sort of take a breath. But generally I really enjoy change and I always have done. And so I guess curiosity is one lens that you take with you as you kind of embark on a change process. Is there anything else you do and how do you also influence successfully your team members who may not feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I tend to kind of get excited about being better and doing things better. So I I like look at the future and imagine the future state and how this change will make things better. Right. So I think it's probably a lot of mindset. Mm. It sounds like you kind of go into a change project with a glass half full optimistic view. And we know that it's quite easy for people to kind of, because of fear, go in with a glass half empty and a more cynical view of change. Or if they've been at the organization a really long time, it can be quite common for people to sort of go, oh yeah, we tried that or something to that effect as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think also my experience is even when change hasn't necessarily in the moment worked out well for me, let's say the job's changed, something else has come out of it. So I'm always I've always learned something new or I've gone on to do something different. So I tend to sort of see it as this transition point where things are going to be different and I like different. Well, that's so valuable. And that's, I guess, just useful to kind of think about the lenses that we can all try to reframe things with, whether it's, um, oh, yes, this could be interesting. How could we do this differently and better? You know, what will I learn from this or Gosh, I'm I'm grateful that this change project is being really well planned, if it is, of course, mm. um, or that I still have a job to to implement this. Yeah, or, or I'm grateful that they're actually changing because if they don't change, then probably things will go backwards. Yeah, we as a business could get. Yeah, exactly. So you want, you know, I, personally, I want to be working in a company that's 
adapting with the environment that's working with because then it's likely to be successful. I like that lens a lot. That would matter to me. That would really um, motivate me. Yeah. So, you know, try to connect what matters to you with the change that's being made. And so, for example, if you're passionate about customer service and a new software system like Salesforce or something is being implemented, then frame the change in this is going to help you serve your customers so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we all know, change is becoming a constant now and it is part of our daily lives. And so I think it's actually really important to build your change muscle and increase your risk tolerance. And you can do that by taking small risks, even in unrelated fields. You know, so for example, you could, I don't know, take up ocean swimming you know, or or do something that you wouldn't normally do that's going to take a bit of courage and a little, you know, it's going to increase your risk tolerance a bit. I think that's really good. The other thing that's really important as you build your change muscle is actually making sure that you sustain yourself Mm. because it's really hard to drive change if you are exhausted, maybe you're not sleeping, you're not you know, you're not putting the right food into your body or exercising, then that's really difficult because you can't manage your emotions and you can't be your best self. So that is another sort of top tip. Yeah, no, absolutely. That can make a big difference. But of course, you know, I'd like to ask, you know, we Carol said something I think it's really good to share here because that's all well and good, but you actually have to have really try even harder when a change is announced and you kind of know that It's not all good news. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what Carol has to say. Often people feel threatened by change. And to be fair, a lot of times change does change the individuals, either what they do or, you know, they might not have a job. So it's no wonder it's a bit scary. Yeah, absolutely. As a leader, how much of that do you talk about and when and how do you do it? That's a really great point because communication is such a key component to good change, but research shows us that there is some structure and order about that communication and who should be communicating what. So we've talked about the why and the imperative, you know, that's very much the role of the executives to talk about that. But when it comes to this what's in it for me and and how am I going to be impacted and how does my day-to-day life change? Individuals look to their direct line manager for that kind of support. So it's key that we equip those people leaders with the knowledge that they need to be able to have those conversations and furnish some answers, you know, as best they can. That's really interesting and good points from Carol there. Well, you know, we've talked about how change can feel hard and unwelcome. We've gone through, with Carol's help in particular, some of the key success factors to think about when you want to successfully create change in an organization. Um, And finally, we've thought about how to navigate change yourself by having that sort of self-awareness that you're likely to feel uncomfortable But um, we've also shared some things that you can try to embrace the change in the most constructive way possible. So that's this episode done and dusted. Stay tuned for a fascinating episode with a jewellery entrepreneur coming up soon. That should be great. In the meantime, stay safe, have fun, keep changing and ciao for now.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 